1: P-I-S-S-B-R-E-A-K Backlash was not that great I changed to T-N-A P-I-S-S-B-R-E-A-K Backlash was not that great I changed to DNA. Is this the new annual tradition that Backlash is the worst fucking pay-per-view of the year? And don't get me wrong, the opening of this pay-per-view was awesome. Miz versus Seth Rollins tore the house down, even though I was a little bit annoyed at the match before it even started. I'll explain why later. I don't want anybody to say, you ah, you just complain about anything. Just hear me out. Because there actually were moments of this pay-per-view I liked. But man, that intro that you heard of me taking a piss, doing p i s s b r e a k. That was recorded in 2017, not this year. If I knew that this pay-per-view would have ended up the way it did, I would have eaten a box of X-Lax around 12 noon today. I would have got my little digital recorder. I would have ended up into the bathroom before we went live tonight to do this recap. And instead of that intro, you would have had me taking a massive dump on this pay-per-view. And I probably would have been like, S-H-I-T-B-R-E-A-K. I would have took a massive dump. So I can't do it literally but I'll do it figuratively. What's up, everyone? Don Tony here. It is 11.30 p.m. on Sunday night, May 6, 2018. This is your Backlash pay-per-view recap. This is gonna be a quick one, and honestly, anybody that's on a pay-per-view, you know why. It's hard to really extend this more than maybe 30 to 40 minutes tops, but I'll do the best I can. Um, I will say this, you know, AJ Styles versus Nakamura, WWE title. A lot of people were annoyed that it did not close out the pay-per-view. And I had no problem with anybody out there that was like, wow, that kind of sucks. You know, the people, but there were people online literally using expletive after expletive after expletive, talking about the fact that they're not closing out this pay-per-view. What I'd like to have right now is for all you complaining, whining, cursing, grumbling, moaning, belly aching, sniveling, grousing, grumpy, goofy podcasters, shut the fuck up that they didn't close out the show. You wanted a double kick to the balls to close out Backlash? Some of these fucking goofy podcasters cursing up storms online. They would have jumped off the fucking buildings. They would have jumped off the roofs of their, their mom's houses. Man, I don't know which finish was worse, that match or what we had tonight with Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Well, actually, I shouldn't call it that way. I will now call it Schmo and Reigns because we had Joe versus Schmo tonight and since Roman Reigns is a schmo and since he's Samoan I have now created Schmoan so from now on he will be known as Schmoan Reigns I'm not a Roman Reigns fan I'm sorry and I understand Chris Jericho and Edge saying oh, a lot of fans boo and they hiss him because they're just copying what others do no fans in droves, all right, every wrestler on God's green earth has some type of fan approval, may only be 10%, but some people will be 30%, some people will be 50%, but when you give this motherfucker Roman Reigns a push for four goddamn years, and you have him close out a goddamn pay-per-view tonight in Jersey, I might add, because Jersey and New York are notorious for having hot crowds. What the fuck did you expect tonight? And I feel bad, in, to a certain extent, at Michael Pierce Hayes, the Road dog, and others. And the reason why I say that is because about an hour into this pay-per-view tonight, all over the net, it, it's, a photo was circulating. What happened was, you know, in, towards the rampway, Either you have, like, people on the sides with, like, you know, production and speakers and computer equipment, and you've seen it. Some idiot, some matarats that works for WWE decided to leave a piece of paper on top of their mixer board, and it was the match listing of what was going down tonight in order. So an hour in, people realized that Schmoen reigns, and Samoa Joe was going to be closing out this event. But not only that, under each match, it showed who was producing the match. And I think Michael P.S. Hayes was responsible for this one. And I got to tell you, man, like I said earlier, this pay-per-view started out great. The reason why I was not happy with Miz versus Seth Rollins going into the pay-per-view Was because of Jeff Hardy And I know a lot of you out there are going to be like What the fuck are you talking about? This was my logic I talked about this on Breakfast Soup last week And pretty much it went down as I expected tonight You had Jeff Hardy, who is the U.S. champion Defending the title at Backlash against Randy Orton They're both SmackDown wrestlers So you know that there is no chance that that U.S. title could possibly go to Raw. If Jinder Mahal would have faced Jeff Hardy tonight, then people would have been like, okay, if Jinder Mahal wins, the U.S. title comes back to Raw. And the reason why I say that is because there's no way that WWE is going to have the U.S. title and the IC title on the same brand. So the fact that Jeff Hardy's match did not involve a Raw star, there was no way the U.S. title was going to Raw. As a result, Seth Rollins was keeping this belt no matter what tonight. So when you see... Seth Rollins in the storyline tonight with his leg giving out on him, his knee giving out on him, and and Miz hitting the skull-crushing finale over and over and over again, and Rollins kicks out at two and two and two. It just gets to the point. Suspension of disbelief is just not believable anymore. The only thing that kept me enjoying this match was their work. They did a phenomenal job tonight. Best match of the card. But when we watch these matches, all right, it's not about five stars, four stars, four and a half stars. There's nothing wrong with rating matches, but the most fun matches you can enjoy is when you can't predict a winner, when you can't predict possibly who's going to have a title. And when you know going into the match that Seth Rollins is keeping that belt, all right, and it ends up that way It takes a little bit of the luster A little bit of suspense A little bit of the anticipation Out of the match So that was my problem going into the match But honestly between the two of them They put on a phenomenal match They really did And I really cannot complain about it But we'll get into the other matches um, Carmella Jesus Christ I, I I said this on Twitter earlier today I honestly, you know, look, she's attractive. All right. I'm into brunettes, but she's attractive. All right. She is definitely improved compared to when she first came into the roster. But for me right now, what this is, and this is a problem. I think her best work is screaming, taunting, and moonwalking. All right, just because you wrap your legs around someone else 's head that could, could, and the person is bending their body back, it may look like a good visual all right but you 're not telling a story all right and I just <laughs> let's let 's do this in order i I think that 's the right way to do it backlash two thousand and eighteen from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey pre-show your host Renee Young David Otunga Lose the beer David all right i'm i'm a heterosexual i'm into girls all right, but just, and I know what some people are immediately saying. What the fuck are you telling David Otunga how he should look at everything? Just me personally, I think David Otunga looks much nicer, clean cut. You know, he's a lawyer. I'm not saying that people that are lawyers can't have beards, but I think David Otunga, and it's not just because I'm not used to him with a beard. I think he looks better without the beard. But anyway, Renee Young, David Otunga, Booker T, Peter Rosenberg. All right, they're doing the pre-show, blah, 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 And, you know, I know some people online were trying to be wise asses with me. I have said it on all of the shows for years and years and years. I understand people are fed lines. People are told to advertise certain things, even though it might be exaggerating and this and that. I get it. I've said it over and over and over again. doesn't mean that something is not factual, uh, shouldn't be brought up. During the pre-show, they talked about Daniel Bryan versus Kaz. Oh my God, how that one ended up tonight! I I can't I I I don't want to keep jumping back and forth, but on the pre-show, Peter Rosenberg to hype up this match, he said that, that, that he's never seen a bigger size discrepancy than Daniel Bryan versus Kaz. And my immediate thought was, okay, Rey Mysterio, on a pay-per-view, Ray Mysterio versus Big Show, Ray Mysterio versus Kali, Ray Mysterio versus Kane. Uh, you could, But then I thought, wait a minute, Hornswoggle versus Great Kali, Survivor Series 2007, the fuck is this guy talking about? And I understand he's told the to feed lines and say certain things. I get it. But again, you know, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I just heard that and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. But anyway. Couple of backstage segments before the main pay-per-view started. First of all, Ms. Taraj are shown with the Miz backstage and they're basically telling Miz that they're no longer a side show to the Miz. So they didn't come out to obviously help Miz. Miz was trying to play that they could get back together and that wasn't going to happen. They had an interview with Iconic talking about how they're, they're better than Oscar and, and Oscar wasn't even on the show tonight. Not even on the show. I I was thinking about it tonight Yes, I know neither tag team championship was defended as well This is the problem you have now When you have so many belts And you're putting both brands on the same pay-per-view We talked about this a couple of months ago When we first heard that both brands are going to be on the pay-per-view together Not everybody is going to be able to defend their title in every pay-per-view I get it but you look at some of the the nonsense that went down tonight. The, the musical segment, I think, might possibly be the highlight for most people tonight other than Rollins versus Miz. And, and, you know, I'll say it right now. I have a feeling that probably 90% of everyone listening will say the music segment with Elias and everybody else, Ra- Rollins versus Miz, are the one-two punch as far as the best stuff tonight. And, and I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Um... Backstage we also had Kurt Angle and Paige Who were both GMs Obviously for Raw and Smackdown Answering Twitter questions What matches they were looking forward to You know, nothing major coming out of that and we also had a backstage segment with Bailey and Sasha. Before Bailey's match, she tried to make amends with Sasha, and Sasha was having none of it. Bailey then said, I would like for you to be in my corner. Sasha isn't having it. And Bailey's saying, Don't you want to get some revenge on Riot Squad? Sasha says, You're on your own tonight. Which was kind of funny because when Bailey had a match against Ruby Riot, Sasha Banks is watching the match on the TV in the back. If you don't give a fuck about her and you don't want nothing to do with her, what the fuck you watching a match for? And then you don't come out anyway, whether it's to attack Bailey or to help Bailey. And listen, I'm talking storyline. I'm not talking about actually Sasha making decisions backstage. But still showing her watching the screen, watching the match, I don't know. I thought it was kinda of dopey. But anyway, your pre show match, you had um Ruby Riot defeating Bailey. Uh, the the match, the story of the match was basically constant interference from Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Referee doesn't eject them in the back. You're out of here. In the, you know you don't. All of a sudden you don't have Kurt Angle. You know you're not allowed to ringside. You keep it. They're nowhere to be found. In fact, the GMs were nowhere to be found tonight. I mean, seriously. Even with uh, Nakamura and AJ Styles, the way that finished, some people thought, okay, Page's music is going to hit. They're going to restart the match. But the problem was you looked at the time and you're like, ah, fuck, it's already 10.45 p.m. So anyway, bottom line is... Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan interfering constantly. Bailey, you know, just can't keep up with it. Ruby Wright hits the right kick for the win. So now we open up backlash. Miz versus Seth Rollins. Lot, lot of chance. Let's go Rollins. Let's go Miz. Even though Rollins's chants were much louder, crowd was really into this match. Beautiful frog splash by Rollins during the match for a two count. That led to This Is Awesome chance. You know, towards the end of the match, they were selling Rollins having a knee injury because at one point outside the ring, he went knee first into the post, courtesy of The Miz. And Miz and Rollins told a great story in the ring. As soon as Rollins' knee hit the post, Miz threw Rollins in the ring Threw the figure four onto Rollins, trying to get the quick submission. I mean, it was just logic; it just made sense. You know, Rollins, you know, his form of hulking up, just looking at Miz all angry while he's in the figure four. He reverses the figure four, Miz reverses it back. Rollins grabs the ropes, break the break the hold, and they repeated. You know th- this scenario couple of times towards the end of the match Rollins's knee kept giving out on him you know it gave out on him Miz hits the skull, cr- skull crushing finale for a two count some point Miz ended up with a huge welt on the left side of his thigh Rollins once again in the match his knee goes out Miz goes for the skull crushing finale once again two count and as I said earlier it, it disappointed me knowing that Seth Rollins was getting this title and kicking out of too many skull crushing finales, in my opinion. You know, it just takes away from the move. I mean, I understand. You know, Rollins is on fire right now. And I understand when you're having a match that's very competitive, you will have wrestlers kicking out of finishing moves. That gets the crowd into it even more. But sometimes it also diminishes the suspension and disbelief that a move is so powerful. You know, but anyway, they're going back and forth with pinning attempts. Rollins, out of nowhere, well, during the pin attempts, hits the curb stomp. Holding his left knee, he's scrambling, trying to get to Miz and does pin him for a one, two, three. Phenomenal match. Match of the night, without question. Um, Next match, you had Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. And for anybody out there that is not going to like what I'm about to say, I want you to re watch the match and just watch it closely as you hear what I'm explaining now. Okay. I thought this match sucked. And I'll tell you why I thought this match sucked. Crowd was dead into this match. And Alexa Bliss, I know she's doing the reverse psychology, calling Nia Jax the bully when it's actually Alexa Bliss doing the bullying. I'm fine with the bullying storyline. You know, Nia's promo after the match was over, you know, yes, it got polite applause, but it just was way too over the top. You know, we'll get to that in a moment. But my problem with this match is simple Nia Jax is a big woman, right? She, some people might call her fat, overweight, whatever. I think Nia Jax is attractive. Yes, she's a big woman, all right? She, there's nothing wrong with being big and beautiful. But you have to understand when Nia Jax is that big in the ring, and Alexa Bliss is that small in the ring. Alexa Bliss has to be extra dirty in her moves—raking the eyes, choking, kicking, whatever, whatever it is—which is fine. And Alexa Bliss did that tonight. But I could even get past the point where they were talking in the corner loud and you could hear them trying to figure out the next move because you could see that they were just confused of what to do and for people that could ask me what I'm talking about there was one point where Alexa Bliss was on top of Nia Jax's shoulders and we thought that Nia Jax was going to do the Samoan drop and she's around the middle of the ring mind you All of a sudden, Nia Jax is slowly, like, walking towards the corner. And I know they're trying to play off that Alexa Bliss is trying to scramble, like, off of her shoulders. And Nia Jax is, like, thrusted forward and this, this, and that. But it was so slow and so sloppy. And then when they get in the corner, there happens to be a microphone right there. And you hear them clearly talking about what their next move is. It just looked like they didn't know what the fuck they were going to do next. And she's in the corner and people are like, what's going on? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, Nia Jax is like, you know, standing in the middle rope where she's going to do like a splash and Alexa Bliss like pushes her, eh, politely pushes her, flies over the top rope. She's very lucky her face didn't hit the guard, the the ring steps. But here's my problem with the whole match tonight. Besides the sloppiness, you pay attention closely. There's a couple of points where Alexa Bliss is with just one hand and really with her her wrist pushing Nia Jax, and Nia Jax is going one third across the ring, over the top rope, outside the ring, falling onto the floor, and I'm like, you know. You got to understand something. Alexa Bliss is tiny. Nia Jax is heavy. All right. I don't even think someone who is twice Alexa Bliss's size could push, just using science, could push someone with that much momentum with just a flick of the wrist. It was just so not believable. Suspension of disbelief was horrendous. All right. If Alexa Bliss was facing Mickie James, Sasha Banks, Bayley, fine. But when you're talking about someone that is, what, in the 260 range or whatever Nia Jax weighs, and Alexa Bliss is just touching her a little, and Nia Jax is rolling around and going off the top, it was it was terrible, absolutely terrible. Really sloppy, not good, it just, you know, they tried, it just, it's not telling a good story. But anyway, Alexa goes for, goes for twisted bliss, Nia Jax catches her into the Samoan drop for the one, two, three. After the match is over, Nia Jax goes on a fucking, I don't know if anybody out there that's a little bit older remembers when we used to get 12 inches of dance songs back in the 80s and the 90s, all right? What 12 inches were, it's not cock size. What 12 inches were is you would hear a song on the radio, like a dance song. The radio, it's usually three and a half minutes, four minutes long. And then you could go to the store and buy the 12-inch version. And a 12-inch version is like an extended version. There might be a couple of different versions of the song on this record. You pay whatever money. And you, and because I used to DJ, that's what we would buy. We'd buy the 12-inches. You want to play a song seven minutes long. You know, you want to, whatever. So the 12-inch was always the extended version of the regular. This is what Nia Jax's promo sounded like tonight. Instead of cutting a 30-second promo, this goes out to everybody who's been bullied. You know, it doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter, you know, you don't let anybody tell you what to do, what to say. It doesn't matter if your boyfriend or But this went on. It felt like it was being recorded for a documentary. It went on and on and on. And you could hear the crowd with the polite applause because they didn't want to be disrespectful. And I'm a Nia Jax fan, all right? I want to see her succeed. Right now, though, it something is not clicking, and this over the top. I've been bullied, and this goes out for people who are bullying. You know, I understand you want to, you know, have people who are bullied connect to a WWE star. You want to have Finn Balor for everyone? Fine. But it's got to happen organically. And this is a little bit too forced. And I'm telling you, the crowd is going to start turning against Naya. Not about Naya personally. Not about Naya, you know, as far as where she came from. And she's really, you know, improved drastically, which I agree with. But just the -the over-the-top public service announcements. I'm telling you, this is entertainment there's no problem with entertainment having messages. When I was a kid, we used to watch Fat Albert. And, and yeah, I know Bill Cosby is fucked right now, but Fat Albert, you'd watch the cartoon and it would be, you know, comedy and stuff like that. But at the end, there was always a, a message. They talked about a message, but it wasn't over the top and, it, and it, it was organic and it felt like everything made sense. This is just forced and this is just not, not. It's not acceptable. Not acceptable. Next, we have Samoa Joe cutting a promo saying he's going to turn the big dog into a whimpering puppy. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Another match, crowd was not into. You know, would have been okay. SmackDown match. You know, the crowd, it seems with a lot of Randy Orton matches, they like to be creative with their chance. Chant Rusev Day and some other chants as well. Both of them worked hard, without a doubt, but it just felt like two wrestlers going through the motions. Shelton Benjamin, nowhere to be found, no interferences from no one, just a straight up match. Jeff Hardy hitting the twist of fate and the swanton bomb for the one, two, three. It's really how the match went down. There was really no, there was some great work outside the ring, inside the ring, but still, it just felt like you were watching a SmackDown match. And uh, I don't think there was any chance that Jeff Hardy was losing that title tonight. Next, we have Elias. And it starts out, he's in the ring. He's talking about Bruce Springsteen because he's from Jersey and saying how, you know, he talked to Springsteen. It's his buddy, Jersey, blah, 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 blah. Elias then teases that he's not going to sing and gets cheers from the crowd. And there was one comedic point where Elias takes a step towards his chair as if he's going to sit down, the crowd boos. He takes a step as if he's going to leave the ring, the crowd cheers. And he did this like two or three times. And the crowd, boo, yay, boo. And it was entertaining. I mean, Elias really had the crowd going well. Right when he's about to play, he's interrupted by New Day, who come out with multiple instruments, drum, trombone, and they tease that they're going to perform as well. Elias, they have a back and forth a little bit But then Elias says, you know, enough with this You know, he tells JoJo to hit the lights And, you know, she announces that, you know Ladies and gentlemen, Elias And he's about to sing But then he's interrupted by um, Was it Aiden English next? I think it was, was it Aiden? Aiden? Yeah, it was Aiden English next (laughs) You know, just the whole thing And the crowd was into it rusev's music hits and i think some of us thought we might have possibly rusev versus elias but elias wasn't dressed for a match rusev gets on the mic calls elias a bootleg bob dylan elias gets fed up with it tells jojo once again to introduce him he's about to perform and then all of a sudden no way jose's music hits his entourage comes out, uh, you know, like I said, don't be a lemon, be a Jose, bud. Uh, he said that, you know, the night he debuted. I mean, it's, he's, a, he's like an Adam Rose incarnate. That's really what it is. But I'm a fan of Noé Jose, so I don't want anybody to think I'm criticizing it. But he comes out with his entourage. This time, Titus Worldwide is with the entourage, as well as Brezango. Um They tease that they're going to you know, perform as well. Elias once again is about to perform and this time we hear Bobby Roode's music and instead of Bobby Roode coming out and dancing with Glorious, the lights come on, Bobby Roode is attacking Elias in the ring and then for some reason, Bobby Roode points to No Way Jose, No Way Jose's music hits once again and everyone including Bobby Roode is dancing. Well, I shouldn't say everyone because Aiden English wanted to dance, but Rusev told him no. Segment went on for about 15 minutes, but I thought it was entertaining. I think a lot of people thought it was entertaining as well. Obviously, this is going to lead to a match of Bobby Roode versus Elias. It may happen on Raw, for we know, but it looks like that's what your next uh, match with Elias is going to be. Next, we have Daniel Bryan versus Kaz. Um, you know, it, it it told the story it was supposed to. All right, good visuals. Daniel Bryan staying out of the sun. So when he does get chops, you know, that extra redness stands out. And yes, Kaz did his share of many chops to Daniel Bryan today. Um, You know, Kaz, you know, being the seven foot heel bragging and gloating that he's beating up Daniel Bryan, it told the story that we all thought it would. Only, and, and I wrote this online the last couple of weeks And some people have been really critical of Big Cass the last two weeks I think they're nuts I said Big Cass took chicken shit and turned it into chicken salad Because a lot of people thought the storyline that I, I want to beat up someone That I looked like when I was 11 Yeah, you know, I know it's kind of cheesy But I thought Big Cass turned that into as good of a storyline as it could be So I give a lot of credit to Big Cass The only problem I have with Cass tonight at all is lifting your arm in the air like uh, Diesel used to do. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, And Kaz always does this, but tonight it was way excessive. I mean, just I know you want to taunt the crowd, and I know you want to get the crowd under your skin, and he succeeded in that tonight, but him holding his arm in the air way too much tonight. And the end of the match, look, I know about 95% of you out there wanted Daniel Bryan to win. All right, no problem. I know some of you out there were really irate that Daniel Bryan was even in a match with Big Cass. He should be in the main event. What is he Big Cass for? I mean, that's what I read over and over again. But still, I think a lot of people out there wanted to see Daniel Bryan beat Big Cass. What I thought should have happened was Big Cass should have gotten DQ'd. He should have done something that he wasn't supposed to for Daniel Bryan or just keep beating him up and not letting up and not letting up and not letting up and be DQ'd as a result of it. I don't know why they didn't go with that because the finish tonight I thought was horrendous, all right? You see Daniel Bryan, suspension of disbelief storyline, is trying to... Hit the, you know, lock the yes lock onto Big Cass. He's having a hard dime, time doing so because Big Cass is strong, his arms are big, Big Cass is fighting it. The minute Daniel Bryan locked the yes lock onto Cass within two seconds, Big Cass tapped. It was just so non believable. It was. People were left. And it was funny because this a lot of the same people that wanted to see Daniel Bryan win. They didn't want to see him lose. After Daniel Bryan won, they were like, what the fuck just happened with Big Cass? And I understand. You want the crowd as a heel. You tapped out. You tapped out. That's what's going to happen on SmackDown Tuesday. You tapped out. I mean, that's obvious, but still, when you think about it, not even two seconds tapped out. I was like, what the fuck was that? It was just bad. After the match is over, Kaz attacks Daniel Bryan to get his heel back. They chant asshole. They chant you tapped out. So Kaz did his job. Daniel Bryan did his job. But to have him tap out that quickly, I did not like it at all. Did not like it. it gets worse with Carmella versus Charlotte. Now, you got to understand up until this point, okay? Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss was not good. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy was okay for a t- TV match, not for, I don't think it really stood out for pay-per-view. It was just your, you know, average match. All right, Daniel Bryan versus Big Kaz was not long. The ending was not great. The two guys worked fine in the ring, but nobody's going to remember that match. So now, so far, we only have Miz versus Rollins that really stood out other than the music segment. Then we got Carmella versus Charlotte. Just how do you want to kill the crowd? Carmella puts a headlock, you know, or an armbar onto Charlotte for about a minute and a half. She puts a headlock onto Charlotte for a minute and a half. And all Carmella is doing the entire match you like Charlotte down? You like Charlotte down? Ah! She could scream, she could taunt, and she can moonwalk, but she cannot tell a fucking story in a match. Yeah, I understand some people are gonna be like, "No, she actually did tell a story." She's the chicken shit. She's a scam. It's still the way this match went down tonight. It just felt like. What the fuck, man! The only way Charlotte's gonna lose is some clusterfuck finish or iconic is gonna get involved. Or just some crap, and this match was horrendous. It was, there was, it had one or two moments with submission moves, and like I said, you know, you can put a submission move on someone, but when you realize that it's Charlotte and how big and tall she is and strong, and you have Carmella putting this move, and then thirty seconds later, Charlotte is picking up picking her up as if she's about to do a tombstone and then you just get a cheap roll up it just was was not good and Carmella she has improved but you know she's not Edge and I'm not and I'm not even talking about Edge's whole career but she's not she can't she's not at that point yet where she could be the big opportunist and sneaking out wins here and there you have to back it up with some ability and that's the thing with with Edge and others in the past who got sneak victories and, you know, just, you know, they had a body of work that you knew that they could put on a performance and tell a story. Carmel is just not believable as champion. Yes, she could scream. Yes, she can taunt. Yes, she can moonwalk. Yes, she can hit a move or two. Uh, She should. She's on the fucking main roster. But still, this just was not, I I did not like it at all. Was not thrilled with the match at all. Then we get AJ versus Nakamura. And this is where, you know, look, I understand regular fans complaining that they're not closing out the show. Hey, it's the WWE title. Why isn't that closing out the show? You know, it was funny when we did uh Don Tony and Kevin Castle show last week. Uh, Kevin Castle, you know, I know Randy Orton has the RK out of nowhere, RKO out of nowhere. Kevin Castle with the. Uh, I, I'm complaining about Roman Reigns. You know, is a total failure out of nowhere. That that took me by surprise. But if you listen closely, what I said last week that this is not a Roman Reigns experiment. You know, Michael's words, with all due respect, he said that the Roman Reigns experiment has failed after four and a half fucking years. It's not an experiment anymore. All right, an experiment is when you go into the into the lab and you try something and it explodes. All right, you want to try it again? You tweak something and it still explodes. Okay, that's an experiment, God. Bad. When you're talking, we're not talking about just four WrestleManias. We're talking about 365 days times four and a half. That's not a fucking experiment, okay? Diesel is the heavyweight champ, when people say, "Oh, Diesel's title reign, but well, you know he was a failure. A it wasn't an experiment. You you have someone on top." That long. It's not an experiment. And WWE having Roman Reigns close out the night tonight should have told everyone, oh, for all you people, I think that Roman Reigns is a failed experiment. (laughs) Fuck you, because we're closing out the show with him tonight. You have a failed experiment. What I said last week, when you got tonight closing out the event, put an exclamation point on what I said last week. This is just opinion. You don't have to agree with me with this. But now we have AJ versus Nakamura. And again, I have no problem with, fans listening that did not like the fact that they weren't closing out the match, the the backlash tonight. And I, I'm fine with that. I I totally understand why people would feel that way. What I had a problem with was these people from websites and podcasts that are cursing up a storm online that they're not closing out the event. I mean, like really like irate. I'm like, wait a minute this is fucking entertainment shut the fuck up chill out all right I'm not a Roman Reigns fan uh, I said tonight I was gonna take a shit during his match and you know I ended up watching it but I mean come on I should have taken a shit during that match I did not want Roman Reigns on my tv screen period but you know for everybody's shitting on Roman Reigns how's about doing the flip side of it Samoa Joe's in the main event tonight I mean, that should make some people happy. Yes, we didn't know what the outcome of that match was going to be, but it wasn't just Roman Reigns wrestling himself. Samoa Joe was in the main event. So, hey, you got Samoa Joe in the main event. I'm talking about up until this point of AJ versus Nakamura. I'm looking at like, okay, Joe's going to close out the main main event. Maybe Joe will win, get a little momentum, possibly lead into the next storyline of him versus AJ Styles, blah, 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 blah. Plus, we did not know how AJ versus Nakamura's match was going to end. And I was telling people online, let's see how this match goes. Because I would rather have AJ Styles versus Nakamura at 10 o'clock at night where they can go 20 to 30 minutes than possibly starting at 10.55 p.m. and only goes 10. You know, I don't care that it's halfway through. I'd rather, if if somebody said to me, what would you rather have? Forget about the end of the match. Would you rather have 20 to 25 minutes of AJ versus Nakamura at 10.15 at night, or would you rather have seven to 12 minutes at 10.55 at night? I would rather have it a little bit earlier. All right, because if the match is stellar, I'm going to remember it. And when I watch it on replay, I'm going to go right to that match. Just because that match was 45 minutes before the main event, if I'm watching a replay, I don't give a shit. I'm going to watch that match over and over again, over the years. But the match went down very slow to start, very physical, outside the ring. Fans wanted tables, didn't get it. The storyline was Nakamura slowly getting frustrated during the match, doing everything he possibly can to try to get AJ Styles, a lot of focus on Nakamura being frustrated. Um, There was one brutal point during this match and people saw it. AJ Styles threw a chair at Nakamura and, you know, they played off that it hit Nakamura in the knee, but because of the momentum of the chair uh, and bouncing off the mat it went back up in the air and hit AJ Styles right on the left cheek I believe and the side of his face was cut open pretty good I mean he wasn't bleeding like a pig or anything like that but you know that shit fucking hurt and it hurt bad And, you know, when I saw that, you know, we were trying to look to see if his face was swelling up. Hopefully it was nowhere near the eye. Thank God it wasn't near the eye, but it was still a very stiff shot to get to the face. AJ Styles hitting a low blow on Nakamura. Now on Breakfast Soup last week, you know, because of AJ Styles having the aerial uh, offense that he does, maybe it would be a little bit difficult for him to um, do all that with a cup, all right? Maybe. I don't know. I've never wrestled with a cup. But what I had said on Breakfast Soup is, you know, I'd love to see the storyline play out where Nakamura goes for a low blow and, And AJ Styles no-sells it And kind of like Goldberg with Bret Hart and WCW That AJ Styles reveals that he has a cup on And then he just starts wailing on Nakamura Maybe hit him with a couple of low blows himself So we didn't have AJ Styles wearing a cup tonight But they did exchange low blows with each other But the end of the match Had them both in the middle of the ring After some low blows They go to kick each other in the nuts And they connect so they both, you know, the visual was fine, but they both kicked each other in the nuts. Remember, this is a no DQ match. The referee counts to 10. They're both writhing in pain in the middle of the ring. The referee calls for the bell. Crowd did not like it at all. We all thought, okay, Paige's music is going to hit. this. You know, she made the no DQ and the match shouldn't end this way. Restart the match. Problem is, you look at the clock, 10.45 p.m., and we're like, motherfucker. We still got Lashley and Strowman versus Owen and Zane, and we still got Reigns. Well, we have Joe versus Schmo. And it's like, this match ain't restarting. And they were trying to play off. You know, they were showing the replays of the kick and the nuts, and, you know, it was a good visual. But fans did not like the finish of this match. So now when you look in hindsight... You got, putting Miz and Rollins aside, you got Nia Jax versus Bliss, which was disappointing. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy, which was average. Daniel Bryan versus Big Kaz, which was really nothing. I mean, look, even with Daniel Bryan and and Kaz, if you watch it back, there was one point where Daniel Bryan is, you know, hitting the yes kicks onto Big Kaz. The first time he was doing it to Kaz, you know, Daniel Bryan went for one extra kick and all... Big Kaz did was pick him up and throw him to the ground and Daniel Bryan was selling it like he just fell off a building, you know, and then there was another point where Daniel Bryan is hitting the yes kicks to Big Kaz in the corner and Kaz, every time Daniel Bryan's about to throw a kick, he's lifting his arms and then after Daniel Bryan kicks, he puts his arms down and right before Daniel Bryan kicks him, he lifts his arms again and I know not everybody picks up on that, but I do. And it just, there were things about it that I did not like. And him tapping out was way too quickly. Carmella versus Charlotte, I thought was not that great at all. And you have this horrible finish to AJ versus Nakamura. The crowd was not liking it. And you also got to look at this. You know, WWE needs to understand, and fans need to understand too, this is not New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right, you're not going to get a match like Jericho had over there in the WWE anymore. And you're not going to have a level of an AJ Styles versus Nakamura from New Japan in the WWE. All right, when WrestleMania went down and we thought that they were going to fucking steal the night and it ended up being an average match, some people thought, okay, maybe AJ Styles is injured. Then they had the greatest Royal Rumble, which I did not see, but I see what people wrote about it, their match, was not that spectacular Then they had this match that You know, they've had, what, three or four matches And none of them, for the most part Has really stood out at all So you have this tonight And some people thought that Nakamura was going to get this belt And I, you know, I thought AJ was retained I was in my predictions But still, the way that this match ended was not good But, but, but I reminded everyone what I had said earlier. Would you have wanted Backlash to go off the air with them laying in the mat and a referee just counting to 10 and they can't continue? All right? As much as you don't like the outcome of Joe versus Schmo, which finish should have closed out? You understand what I'm saying? So they were put in a corner where they had... To have this match not close out the event because of the way it had finished. It would have been such a lackluster, bland, you know, just horrible taste in your mouth finish. All right. But anyway, we then get to Lashley and Strowman versus Owens and Zayn. And I got to tell you, the fans were not into this. The You look at Lashley hitting the finisher onto Sami Zayn. And the crowd, there was no reaction from the crowd the crowd was dead, and I think even the fans were chanting "boring" when Lashley hit his finisher. And I'm not making that up, all right? Because at this point, I saw people online like, "What the fuck are we watching here?" There was one point that that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were arguing with each other, and Kevin Owens throws Sami Zayn in the ring to be fed to the you know to the animals. Sami Zayn gets out of the ring, starts yelling at Kevin Owens, "How you doing?" And then Sami Zayn rolls Kevin Owens into the ring, so Kevin Owens could be, you know, fed and to the animals as well. And that's basically how this ended. So you had Lashley hit his uh, his move, his finisher, onto Sami Zayn. No crowd reaction. Fans are chanting, "Boring." Crowd was dead, and then they're trying to say um, they thought Lashley maybe didn't pin the legal man. And we were just like, everybody was like, the, the fuck is this? Then after the match is over, you have a referee yelling at Braun to scream. You know how Braun goes, Run! You hear a referee telling Braun to scream. He screams. They hit the music. Braun Strowman then hits a move onto Sami Zayn, hits a move onto Kevin Owens. This is all after the match ended. And yeah, look, Braun Strowman has got a fan following. You know, fans aren't going to turn on him because of one crappy match. Everybody's entitled to some crappy matches or, you know, following other matches that people weren't into. All right, and maybe it was a hard Time for them to follow AJ versus, versus Nakamura because I think a lot of people had so much invested in that match. Out of all the matches tonight, I think people were looking forward to AJ versus Nakamura more than anything else. So you just look at the way this match went down, it was just didn't click. Nothing for the most part clicked except for Rollins, Miz, and the music. So then we get Joe versus Schmo in the main event. And look, almost immediately, you know, as soon as they came out there, Samoa Joe puts Roman Reigns through a table. So now, you know, I'm having flashbacks of when Brock Lesnar had that pay per view with John Cena where he just beat the fuck out of Cena. It was at a. It, and I remember that clearly because a lot of us felt like they needed to feed John Cena you know to 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 Brock Lesnar he had to get just his ass kicked one event it just it was the perfect timing the way it went down we were all surprised at that time that Cena had virtually no offense but that's a match that i have watched a few times over the years since and you got that feeling early on like okay you know the opener was great well, everything else except for the music Was really either average or below average So you know what Maybe we're going to have Joe Beat the fuck out of Roman Reigns Alright We didn't think that Brock Lesnar Was going to interfere or show up tonight You know you think about it Why is he not on the card But you're thinking, okay, maybe Samoa Joe gets the win tonight, beats the shit out of Roman Reigns. Maybe this will lead to a little swerve of Roman Reigns. And you know what? If it closes out the pay-per-view that way with Samoa Joe getting a win, hey, you know, we didn't want Reigns in the main event, but hey, so was Samoa Joe and he got the win and we go off the air and it's a nice beatdown. But after that shot through the table, you know, it's now like 11 o'clock at night, 11.05 at night, And people are a little bit tired. Four plus hours with the pre-show. And Samoa Joe has got this like chin lock onto Samoa Joe. I mean, onto Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring for like two, three minutes. And yeah, you know, he's supposed to suspension of disbelief. He's supposed to be squeezing on Roman Reigns' head. But we don't want locks at 1110 at night. And this is happening And the fans are booing And the fans are chanting boring The fans are chanting delete Rusev Day Everything you can think of And it was just bland, mundane, boring And at this point I'm like You know what? I'm going to put the volume up Going to go in the background, start setting up to do this show. I, Pete, there was no interest in this show into this match whatsoever. So as I'm setting it up, I'm hearing the crowd chanting in the background. I go back inside, I watch a little bit more, A little bit of offense back and forth, but the fans were just not into it. And I'm, you know, watching this, and in the back of my mind, you know, look, Chris Jericho. One of my favorites in the last, you know, ten years especially. I, I, I just the guy is still an A plus player, but with all due respect of what Jericho and Edge said recently about Roman Reigns, fans are not booing him because because other people are. We don't want Roman Reigns in the main event. This is madness. Having this motherfucker in this main event tonight to a Jersey crowd after all of the bull, I I don't I don't get it. The storyline of WrestleMania was, but and it was funny because listeners will know. You remember a couple of weeks ago, one building he got cheered a little bit more. He got almost half cheers, and we had podcasters and people and what. Oh, what do you have to say about Roman Reigns now? You hear him getting over Do you remember before even WrestleMania happened, we had people, you know, with all due respect, predicted, oh, no, he's going to get cheered. And I, I said, at, at best, they're both going to get booed out. But this guy is just, why is he in the main event? This is madness. So anyway, what's even worse is, you know, Samoa Joe hitting moves onto fucking Reigns. He keeps... Kicking out a two, kicking out a two. You know, fans are just not into it. They chant chanting boring. You know, just every chant you could possibly think of. And then all of a sudden, Reigns hits the spear. And before he even hits the spear, you hear Coach yelling, he got him! And got the pin. Roman Reigns goes off the air. No Samoa Joe getting his heat back and attacking him after putting him through some more tables. So at least we go off the air feeling like, uh, no, no. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Blah, 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 blah. This sucked. On a scale of one to 10, I give this pay-per-view, honestly, I give it a four. I give it a four. It was below average. If you, on a scale of one to 10, five would be considered average. I mean, the tag team match just was, it didn't click. You can't blame Owen, Zane, Strowman, or Lashley because they were, it just did not click. And again, what what I said earlier in the night You know, I feel bad for the producers because now everybody knows who handled what match. So if you really hated one of these matches, you know who in the back was responsible for it. And again, I will say this repeatedly: everybody's entitled for a bad night. You know, the is it the producers' fault? Is it the way the wrestlers executed it? You you know, you it's is it fault on both? I would say fault on both, but. You know, at the same time though, you look and you see who's responsible and you see the way things are going down and you know some people are really going to get uh, their ass handed to them online from people. And I kind of feel bad for them. On the same token, I don't, you know, I just did not like this pay-per-view at all. And it pisses me off because we're almost 1230 in the morning now. I can't believe this went 50 minutes, but it's almost 1230 in the morning now. I got to get up at 5 a.m. to get ready for work, and I had to endure this shit. But hey, we're wrestling fans. We stick through it through good and bad. You know, there's a lot of people out there that will, you know, especially in podcasts that will leave when things suck and then somebody makes a return or there's a swerve or there's a storyline and then all of a sudden, hey, everybody, go check out my Twitch. Go listen to me live. Oh, I'm going to be here. Ah, fuck that. We tune in every week because we our fans in the, in the end. And, you know, for everybody out there, oh, I've had it, I'm I'm turn, not going to watch again for another year. Hey, eh, don't be so, you know, there's a, other wrestlers on the shows as well. I was not happy with the way this went down tonight. But, um, you know, I don't know what you all think. Follow me on Twitter, at Don Tony D. The website, DonTony.com. Email me, Tony at DonTony.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash DTKC show. And as I say every week, if you like what we do, and you want to support the shows, help keep these free for everyone, keep the lights on, the bills paid, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Not only do we have the predictions contest there, we have early releases of some of the shows that we offer for everyone, but we have Patreon exclusive shows there. Every other week, Mission and I, do a show called Breakfast Soup. There's hundreds of hours of content there that is exclusive for patrons. For everybody that always says that they want a Kevin Castle solo show, he has one there called Castle Chronicles. Hundreds of hours of content there as well. We have other stuff as well. I'm telling you, go check it out. Sign up, get access for a whole month. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. But let me know what you think. For everyone on Patreon, I will have the winner of the pay-per-view predictions contest hopefully by monday if not tuesday the latest i will announce it online and uh i'm out of here so everyone take care let me know what you thought about the pay-per-view and i will catch you all soon ciao everybody
0: sean green here from the sports Gambling podcast on blue wire and if you're listening to this right now there's a good chance you've already been eliminated from your nfl survivor pool well don't worry we're here to help with our free second chance survivor pool. That's right. We're giving away $3,000 for free in our NFL second chance survivor pool. It starts this weekend. It's completely free. Just go to sports slash survivor. That's sports slash survivor.